For Arizona Public Media, I'm Mark McLemore, and this is Arizona Spotlight. Coming up, award-winning poetry created by three high school-aged writers. Psychologist Susan Miner shares insights from her book, Peace Inside, Beauty Outside. And a madcap world of micro-radio plays written by students from the Scoundrel and Scamp Theater. Those stories are next on Arizona Spotlight. This summer, the University of Arizona Poetry Center, the Pima County Public Library, and AZPM collaborated on a youth poetry contest. The theme was, What Do You Want the World to Know About How You Feel? Winners were chosen in three divisions by a panel of local artistic luminaries. Next, I'll talk with the high school-aged writers who earned top honors. Their names are Alicia, Ember, and Anya. Hi, my name is Alicia Salazar Contreras. I'm currently a junior at Choya High School. I just really like dedicating myself to the programs I'm in and my education. Just about the only thing I know about you so far, Alicia, is that you are a musician. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a violin player at my high school's mariachi program. Is that fun? Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> What's something about the tradition of mariachi that you really enjoy being a part of now? Um, I think it's mostly just reflecting upon like my culture and a lot of the lyrics that they say, how a lot of people can reflect with them and just how upbeat and happy it makes me. When you heard that the theme of the poetry contest was, what do you want the world to know about how you feel? What was your reaction? What were the first things that came to your mind about that? Um, I didn't really want to center it off of everything going on with COVID-19. And I just wanted to express something I always felt personally. And like through the title of my poem, Being Orgullo, I really wanted to express the pride I had in my dad or just in general with my family. So I went from there. Alicia, I think our listening audience would really like to hear the poem now. So can you please read it for us? Orgullo. I live daily with the thought, esta persona es lo que más me inspira en la vida. The constant pride felt when I'm asked, ¿y por qué? My father, constantly working under a burning sun with a certain drive, y yo soy igual. A burning drive to make the leading inspiration in my life proud, Yet some ask, ¿y para qué? Y es porque él ha vivido su vida en sacrificio. Y como un padre, he has gifted me memories, que recuerdo como si fueran páginas de un libro. I read them again and again, recordando cada memoria vividamente, as if each page hubiera sido escrita ya. Por este orgullo, me ha dado mi padre, es lo que me inspira más en la vida. Con un sueño de que algún día, sienta el mismo orgullo por mí. Every day, trabajo por este sueño, and always, como si fuera mi último día de vida. For people who don't speak Spanish, can you give us an idea of what the words mean? What were you trying to say? Well, from the title, orgullo, meaning pride. I've always been really proud of my dad, and pride was one of the biggest words I could use to describe that. My dad, uh, working with the job he does. And sometimes it's hours that we don't see him. And it does weigh on us a little bit, but we're still really proud of him for that. So I just wanted to express that even though it's something a lot of people may not understand, it's something I'm really proud of. 
in the poem. It's mainly expressing that this is one of my biggest motivations in life, one to go to college and do really well in life. This is something I remind myself of every day. Were you nervous about showing the poem to your dad when you were done? Yeah, because it isn't really something that I would say on a daily basis or something that's really spoken of. And finally putting it into words and into something he can physically read, it was kind of scary because I didn't know how he'd react to it or how it would be taken. Well, how did he react? Um, He really, really liked it, which was a relief. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think a lot of people really liked it. Thank you very much. I'm Ember Golden. I'm 15, and I'm a sophomore at ASU Prep Digital. Prep Digital? Yes. So you would be doing online learning even if it wasn't for the pandemic? I actually switched to this school um, because of the pandemic. So you said you were 15. Can you remember how poetry first entered your life? Was there a book or um, someone read to you something that stayed with you? family of writers. My uncle is a horror writer and my mom is a poet. So I think it's just always been a part of me. There wasn't really a specific moment. That's pretty cool about your uncle. What kind of stuff does he write? Have you ever read his books? I have not yet. My mom does not want me to because she (laughs) says they are too scary. (laughs) Well, how do you do with horror films? Are you okay with watching scary movies? I love horror films. Um, I just watched Midsummer, which is so <laughs> fascinating because it's it's like a daylight horror film and it's so hard to achieve something like terrifying in midday and it was so good. <laughs> That's heavy stuff when you're 15. That's heavy stuff when you're my age. Um, yeah. I found your poem to be very powerful. It is one of the longer ones. And so uh, I would like you to read it for us now. The Unheard Weight of Silence. On the hottest of days, she wears long sleeve shirts. Thin fabric covering miles of pain engraved into her skin. A branding that says, I feel broken. Those closest to me have dealt with a kind of hurt that is internal. Anorexia, depression, anxiety, attempted suicide. And without remedy, it only grows. It eats away at a person. I'm lucky to say I've never lost anyone. You don't all have the same fortune. I can assure you that every school you go to will have a first aid kit for small cuts and wounds but you can't treat a mental illness as if it is an infection. At my school, there is a counselor with a small room. They always help students. They try and give us as many resources as we can hold in our wide exploring minds. I'm grateful for that. But what can I say about my school? Have there been assemblies to validate and raise awareness of mental illness? Is every single person at this school protected from sexual assault and bullying? No. If we were protected, there wouldn't be students who feel they have the right to judge and hurt others. If we were protected, we would hear every teacher tell us that we are, in fact, valid. They talk to us about substance abuse, how it can ruin our lives and our chances of succeeding, but never do they ask why kids might do it. We are hardly told that drug abuse doesn't have to be the first resort, only why it shouldn't. There are signs that say eat healthy, but there is not a sign telling you that every single thing about you is beautiful. There is a silence at my school, a silence that masks that shouts its emptiness so loud that the voices of each and every one of us become lost echoes never reaching the surface. And at the bottom of the well from which we are lost and drowning, it fills more and more with your words. That's normal for your age. Boys will be boys. You'll grow out of it. How am I supposed to grow out of something when it only stretches, smothering our minds in a blanket of clouded voices, 
Try to speak over it, only for the silence to come back. Its suffocating fumes surround me. We know we can ask for help, but nobody is loud enough to stand up and tell us that it is okay to ask. You treat it like it's normal, that depression and ADHD are a phase. My psychiatric disorder is not a phase. It is a cry for help. Going untreated raises the chances of dropout, substance abuse, and suicide. These are the effects that result when nothing is done to prevent the cause. I apologize. I just simply can't take seeing my friends shatter into fragments of a soul, fueled by hatred for themselves, for others. We are supposed to be your responsibility, but it doesn't feel like you care. Not everyone can go home to mom and dad. We don't all have somebody to tell us how much they love us. Please just listen for once. This is a cry for help from each and every child who continues to survive the weight of silence. That was extremely good. Um, I'm very touched by your compassion for your fellow students and your friends and how that comes through in your writing. Thank you. What do you think the quality of compassion really means? I think just taking the time to consider everyone and everyone's feelings and really just being mindful of everything happening around your, the world is something that's like really good, especially in a time like this, because so many people are just distancing and distancing emotionally. And I just think it's healthy to like have connections. My name is Anya. I use she, her pronouns, and I am currently a junior at Tucson High Magnet School. What are your favorite subjects? This year, I am enrolled in a drama class and a musical theater class that I adore. But as far as academic subjects go, English and math are my favorite. Because it is shut off many ways of people expressing themselves, do you think that one result of the pandemic Maybe it has actually accentuated that need. I wonder if your generation isn't going to in some way benefit from the idea that your creativity has been somewhat stifled by this. And I'd like to get your thoughts on, on that kind of thing. Like, what do you think the imperative of expressing yourself right now is as opposed to what you might have felt a year ago or two years ago? I definitely agree with that, that um, especially at the beginning of quarantine, I think there was probably a huge creativity surge um, once people got bored. My dad always says that you have to be bored sometimes to create um, and that you have to have a lack of creativity to find the creativity. Um, at first, it was a time of sitting and binge watching Netflix and, you know, wearing the same sweatpants for two days in a row. Um, and then eventually people got tired of it, but they still had the time. Um, so that energy was moved into a form of creativity. Um, yeah. I think it's great that you were recognized for your excellence in poetry this year. And I'd like you to share the poem with us now. Are you ready to read, Anya? Yes, absolutely. Boiled over. So often I boil over in a surge of wanting to be filled with so much soul, engulf each part of myself with something that speaks so deeply of humanity. At midnight, I dream of being an artist and falling asleep to a perfectly curated playlist of songs, being the ruler of making stellar lists of music, filling my heart with the dirtied water left over from the dreams I have about everything I could be. 
I dream about finding a way to live nothing but theater and poetry and books and music and thought, of knowing so much about colors, purely colors and the emotions that they carry, the luggage of saturation that weighs them down, or the mere excitement of potential that allows them to look nothing more than cream pigment that was laid on top of dried gauche from a previous dream of always smelling like rose and my voice pouring from me with all the soul a rainstorm has, of smiling like the binding of a book right before you crack its spine and heal your mind while opening that siliquy of paper and ink into a place more vulnerable than I have learned to share, of spending my hours having filled my head with lovely thoughts of Shakespeare and artists and growing that small sprout inside of me that is me, and is already burned by the beam and bright of sunshine, but needs more dirty old paint water to saturate the soil around it and send it shooting into a sky ready to be made into more art. That was so good. Thank you so dearly. Anya, I have to ask you, okay. Dried okay. gauche. <laughs> is that something at Trader Joe's? I don't think I've seen dried gauche before. Um, it's actually pronounced gouache, but I have a habit of pronouncing it gauche because I think it sounds more French. <laughs> it's just hilarious to see that in your poem. I really like that. And I really like the smiling like the binding of a book. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> we just heard from Alicia, Ember, and Anya. You can read all of the winning compositions from the poetry contest now at azpm.org. My next guest is Susan Miner. She's an author, professor of psychology, and therapist who came to these vocations following a successful career as a model. Miner has been on the covers of the top fashion magazines in the world, including Vogue, Elle, Marie Claire, and Bazaar. But all the while she was being a supermodel, Susan Miner says she was also a super mess, Learning to overcome her negative emotions and set attainable goals for her own happiness is a story she shares in her book, Peace Inside, Beauty Outside. Well, I can't offer anyone advice until I've gone through it. And I'm 51 now, I'm 52 this year, and I can gladly say that I'm no longer a mess, but it was a long road. I got out of it by naming what was going on, lots of therapy, lots of self-help. One thing that I've seen throughout it all, whether I was the client or um, I was the healer in the situation, whether it was group or individual, one thing I see and I know um, deep down in my bones is that we are so more similar than anything else. At the core, we're all one, really. In the first email that I received from you, it said, unprotected sensitivity leads to anxiety. Those five words really spoke to me because I think right now, this year, in 2020, living through what we're all experiencing, I'm seeing it in myself and in the people I care about. Their sensitivity and their compassion in this situation is causing them anxiety. And these are good people. These are good folks. And it hurts that they hurt. And it hurts that I hurt. And so I'd like you to expound on that idea of unprotected sensitivity leading to anxiety. So often our greatest weaknesses are our greatest strengths underneath it all. Anxiety is sensitivity turned amok. Anxiety results when we don't know how to have boundaries around our sensitivity. 
anxiety results when we don't know how to not take things personally or not let in unwarranted criticism. And anxiety results when we don't know that we're sensitive and that it can be our strength. The beautiful part about it is that sensitivity really is a strength because it gives us the ability to empathize. It gives us the ability to feel for other people and it leads us to be kind. And as you said, good folks, right? But we're being bombarded minute by minute, second by second with things that are troubling. One thing we can do for that is begin to limit how much we allow in, meaning how much we look at the news, how much we uh, read the newspaper. And you advise being aware of your media consumption in the same way that you would view your food consumption. 100%. Do you think that being in front of the cameras and being a fashion model at a young age in your life gave you the ability or enhanced your ability to mask your emotions and to build up a thicker wall between you and reality than, say, an average teenage girl might have had? Spectacular question. I've never gotten that before. I would say yes. I mean, I used to say no one could see how I really felt. I could be exhausted not having slept for a couple of days, but you add on 19 or 20-year-old skin, you add professional makeup and professional lighting and professional hair and styling. And boy, you couldn't tell. And my job was to pretend, right? Regardless of how I felt. So yes. For listeners right now, once again, who are hearing you for the first time, what Mm -hmm. would you say are three of the cornerstones, three of the basic tips that you want to give them to achieve peace inside, beauty outside? Well, the one is the knowledge that inner peace does lead to greater outer beauty. When we are peaceful, when we do things that calm us, it literally shows on our faces. Just know that anytime you reduce your stress, you're enhancing your outer beauty. The second thing I would say to people is the secret to alleviating anxiety isn't in your mind, it's in your body. So if we are feeling anxious, if we're worried, if we're uneasy, It's our mind kind of running, right? It's going amok, thinking of awful things. What we need to do is get into our body. And that's why I love energy work so much. But you can also do it by getting outside, just taking a walk, putting on um, a wonderful song and dancing around your living room. Get into your body to alleviate the anxiety in your mind. And I would say the third thing is that we all have the power Uh, within us to change how we feel. So it's not a pill and it's not, um, it's not a meal. It's not a show. It's not something external. It's something internal. And we have the ability to change our emotions uh, for the better. And just like we'd get into physical shape, like if we wanted to tone our bicep, we'd do bicep curls, right? But if we want to feel more relaxed, there's exercises for that as well. I spoke with psychologist and author Susan Miner about her book, Peace Inside, Beauty Outside. (music) 
Tucson's Scoundrel and Scamp Theater is celebrating some wildly creative youth who assembled as a virtual team over the summer for a unique radio play camp. Guided by playwright and performer Wolf Boart, they wrote over a dozen scenes and short plays that were designed to be heard rather than seen. The result is some fast-paced audio entertainment in the spirit of the golden age of radio. So next, listen to the first-ever preview of the Scamp Radio Half Hour, showcasing the project's wit and wackiness. Breaking news. Okay, this just in. We found out that there was a rubbery. Wait, it's not rubbery, it's robbery. Oh, well, there has been a robbery at Walmart, and the rubber, sorry, robber is none other than Rob Rubbery. If you see him, call 911. He stole two boxes of toothpicks, and he will poke you. Hey! Breaking news. The Stolen Book, written by Henry, Sebastian, Max, and Axel. I told you, I didn't steal that book. I saw him. I saw him. Both of you. Hello? Is this the police? I know it says police department outside, but I just want to make sure. Yes, it is. What's your emergency? This man, Ruko Fox, stole my book from my library. Meek the raccoon reported the crime to me before he could get away. Uh, is, is that even a crime? I don't care if it is. It's my library, and he's hurt my feelings. Hmm. That's quite the accusation. I saw him. He did it. He's a crook. I didn't do anything. Please, just let me go. Hmm. Sounds like we have some differing opinions. There's only one place to settle this. The interrogation room. Don't we settle things in court? What is this? Law and order? We can't afford a courtroom. Fair enough. Why don't I go test the book for fingerprints? I can just go take it over to the fingerprint scanning place and I'll come right back. Now just give me the book. No. Why would I give you precious evidence? You're not a police officer. You're a witness. Were you at the library the time the crime was committed? Yes, sir. I was. But I would never... Save it for the judge! Actually, there won't be a trial, since this isn't really illegal. And, uh, Meek, why were you at the library? I collect rare books and was merely looking for some rare books to, um, borrow. Good enough for me. Now, Fox, what books did you steal? I didn't steal it. I am just an honest fox, trying to have a good time at the library. Shut up, you no-good thief. I have the book here. Hmm, how to get away with crime for dummies. This is awfully suspicious. Why is that even a book? I'll ask the questions here. Now tell me, what did you do at the library this morning? Well, I had never been to a library before. So I was just browsing. And when I was about to leave, 
The alarms went off because there was a book in my bag. I never put it in there, and I don't know how it got there. Then the librarian brought us both here. Interesting. Librarian, what did you see? My name is Thompson. All right, librarian. Well, the alarms went off, so I realized that the fox was trying to steal a book. Wait, you have alarms at your library? Yes, we're very high tech. Hmm, okay. Meek, what's your side of the story? Well, as a fine upstanding citizen, when I saw this sneaky fox take the book, I needed to be a good man and stop him. Wait a second. This is an extremely rare first edition copy. A clue? Hmm. Why would this fox, who had never been in a library before, steal a rare first edition book? He would have to have good knowledge of books and their rarities. Meek, didn't you say you were at the library to look for rare books? N no, I, I was looking for a book for my son. I'm pretty sure you said you were looking for rare books. I would never. I hate books. Then why were you at the library? Be be because I had uh, just gotten a divorce, and I'm trying to win custody of my only child, my sweet daughter, Portia. But you just said you had a son. But uh, I, I, I know. I, I can't. I, I said that... Meek must have planted the book onto Roko. And when he offered to go test the book for fingerprints, that's when he was going to steal it. No, I, I'm an upstanding citizen. I always go five miles under the speed limit. I've never jaywalked. I, I, I... Just confess, you dirty scoundrel. You disgust me. Fine. I've been running scams on this library for months, stealing rare books from right under their noses and blaming other people. I never thought you would catch me. Take him away, boys. There's nobody else here. Oh, fine. I'll take him away myself. No, ah, no, 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 where we find out Thompson has an evil twin brother. That was an excerpt from the Scamp Radio Half Hour, created during a two-week virtual class offered to kids by the Scoundrel and Scamp Theater. It was directed by Wolf Boart with technical direction from Tiffer Hill. The writers, aged from 9 to 16, were Lucy, Axel, Henry, Dylan, Thomas, Max, Isis, Scarlet, Willow, and Sebastian. These students will get to hear the world premiere of their creativity for the first time in an online event on Saturday, October 10th, and you're invited to join in on the fun. Scoundrelandscamp.org has the information, and we'll feature another preview on this show next week. Thank you for listening to Arizona Spotlight. This show originates from the AZPM Radio Studios. AZPM's interim news director is Duncan Moon. The music is by Calexico. The production engineer is Jim Blackwood. I'm producer and host Mark McLemore.
Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.